I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Glad to have you a part of the, this conversation. This conversation can be a hard conversation a lot of times. It can be very awkward, I find, uh, at times, uh, but it's very necessary. And I was just going to dive right into this uh, because my, my guest today is Pastor Jimmy Rollins, uh, and he has a book that I will show you. It's called Love Outside the Lines. Uh, and we're talking about race, culture and, and even i think differences that could be you know uh class if you will uh you know financial um just different backgrounds and people are people are people but people are different and sometimes those lines can cause misunderstandings offenses real problems uh and that's not god's will so we're going to work through it pastor jimmy rollins good to have you on life today live Randy, so good to be with you and your viewers and listeners, and I am excited about having awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll give you the first go. Give us an overview of what you're trying to communicate. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited about this book, Love Outside the Lines, because in fact, what I have discovered uh, throughout my 49 years of life is it is so easy to have lines, lines that divide us, uh, lines that uh, prohibit the Great Commission from being fulfilled, uh, lines that uh, are, you know, concentrated around rifts, around ideologies, around cultural norms, around generational uh, thoughts that have been passed down from generation to generation. And what, when I read the Gospels of Jesus, I see Jesus as a line eraser. In fact, he, he loves beyond the boundaries of sin, beyond the boundaries of lifestyle, beyond the boundaries of race and difference. And this is modeled even in John 4 uh, at the famous conversation uh, with this woman at the well. So this book is how do we love beyond those boundaries of race, uh, the boundaries of difference, the, the boundaries of preference. And I believe that we have to look at the gospel message of Jesus Christ, this all-inclusive, unified kingdom message of anybody, everybody, and anyone. Uh, and as we begin to do that, uh, we begin to experience God's love in its fullest and fulfill the Great Commission to its fullest. So I'm pumped about the opportunities ahead uh, for the gospel to be, you know, uh, expanded. Uh, throughout or beyond our preferences. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the scripture says he has made us a kingdom, every tribe, every nation. And I guess part of my frustration, I think, with some of this issue is is who who decides the lines? You know what yeah. I mean? Because we talk about culture. Yeah, I mean, culture exists. I'm not going to deny it. Even denominational differences exist. I, I get that there are very real lines, but... I get the whole idea of race, man. I, it wears me out because it's not scriptural and it's not even scientific. It is this social construct that is used to oppress people. And Absolutely. I'm just sick of it. Well, I think we, as the body of Christ, you know, we like to say that the local church or the church is the hope of the world. 
right? And I think that if that's going to be true, then our worlds are going to have to get bigger because we're only reaching those people that are like us, that have the same preferences we have, that uh, look like us, that have the same skin color as us, that have the same, uh, you know, interests as us. Or, And I think what we have to start to understand is in Acts 1-8, when, you know, this charge to be witnesses is in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost, that word uttermost, it acknowledges preferences. It acknowledges biases. It acknowledges that we all have comfort zones. And I think that the Great Commission has been relegated, you know, between if we stretched our hand out between our hand and our head in our comfort zone. And I think that the message of Christ always looked for purposeless. It always, Jesus always looked for people who needed help, for people that ostracized, the outcasted, Mm -hmm. and the overlooked. But we have to start as the body of Christ, looking at and repairing the breach uh, in our spiritual family. Mm-hmm. And what my Bible says is, is that when I got saved, I became adopted. I became a citizen. Uh, in Galatians, it says that, you know, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free. Among us, we are all equal. We are all uh, Christ Jesus was the unifier. And so we have to stop this thought that if you don't adopt my mindset or my way of thinking that you're not adopted by Christ. And I think we we have to realize that our ethnic culture becomes a subculture to the kingdom culture when we give our hearts to Christ. Well, well stated. Uh, Yeah. I I like that. So how do we get there? Practically? I think we get, I think we get there first is, is, is biblically, right? Like I think the, the Bible is the foundation you know, uh, and we have to see the worth of family. And if you, if we don't see the worth of family, if we don't realize that in the beginning, this dominion, this subdue, this be fruitful and multiply, it requires family. Mm-hmm. You can't do that by yourself. <laughs> and I think if we even look at the breaches that are in our biological family, it's a good indication that we have breaches in our spiritual family. This book is more than about the repair of, of race relations. This could be the repair of marriage relations, the repair of people that are different than you. And because if the goal wasn't to think alike, it was to think together. The goal was to be diverse and the word unity, it even exists because the word difference and diversity is, is prevalent. And so it, Psalms 133 doesn't say how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in uniformity. It says unity, Unity. which acknowledges difference and diversity. Yeah. Now, you and your wife have a a marriage um, ministry called Two Equals One. And that's actually a very relatable example because my wife and I are not the same. Yes. We we don't always think the same. We don't have the same preferences. Lord knows. Just go to dinner with us uh, or go to a movie, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But yet we, we haven't laid down our distinctiveness our uniqueness um because we're married but we can still have unity um so good right i so i I actually like that because i think everybody can relate to that Um, absolutely how do we port that over uh i don't know where where do you do you see the bigger divisions in, in in race or in another level of culture or in maybe denominationalism where do you see the sort of the bigger 
Uh, I think just being an African-American man, I, I've experienced it. I've seen it. Uh, the racial divide. I've seen, uh, you know, seasons where it was more prevalent than other seasons. Uh, I think 2020 uh, kind of put a spotlight uh, on it through technology. I was asked a, a few days ago about, you know, what did 2020 do for me personally as an African-American man? Uh, and I said, well, I, I hate to say this, or, or maybe this doesn't sound comfortable, but it, it actually, uh, I celebrate not the travesties, but obviously I celebrate that the awareness that this is no longer uh, a taboo subject. Like we're sitting here talking about it. Uh, this is no longer uh, something that we have to only talk about when something happens nationally or globally. This is something that is a discipleship issue. And so where do we tackle it? We, we have to look in scripture to be discipled. Uh, and so this book, the book that I wrote, it doesn't solve racism. You can't solve a 400 year issue in four days, right? In 40 minutes, Older in, in four that, hours, yeah, right? right. It, it, it's one heart, one step, one life, one conversation at a time, walking in the footsteps of our savior, uh, who literally the people who outcasted him, the people who falsely accused him, he was called to. And he did that on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so this redemption, this reconciliation, uh, re this resurrection power, I believe that we have not seen our greatest day yet as the body of Christ because it has been a preferential gospel. And it is time for us to take steps beyond what we're comfortable with. And so, I, Randy, one practical thought for all of us is just to do a self-evaluation of our own heart and ask God, show me the areas that I, I'm preferential. Show me the areas where I'm comfortable. Show me the biases or the prejudices or the stereotypical thoughts that I may have in my heart. And as you expose those to me, now lead me on conversations to get new information, to redefine those things. And I think that's super practical. I, I think that's good. And I know God can show us anything. Uh, but I, I will say that you, if you look at scripture, God prefers to work through people, you know? Yes. Uh, even, you know, he says we are his hands, his feet. I mean, you don't go anywhere without feet and you don't touch anybody without hands. That's right. Um, it, I am, I was listening to Andrew Murray, uh, Andrew Murray, uh, audio book recently. And he talks about how Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Well, we know that that means that in order to be fruitful, we have to connect to the vine. But do you realize that it's only the branch that bears fruit. It's not the vine. Wow. It's like, wow. okay, God, so good. he's gotten this design. And I, I point all that out to say, I can pray and say, God, help me not be racist, right? Help me not, uh, what usually tip, typically happens is accidentally say something or do something that someone else of a different color finds offensive. Uh, yeah, because it's usually ignorance. It's usually not intention, uh, at least with me, hopefully. But here's the thing. I think the way God works through his people, wants to work through his people, means that people like you and I have to get to know each other a little bit or we're in separate states. So but so the, whoever my neighbor is, I got to get to know him because I got blind spots. And yes, God can point them out, but I think he prefers the relationship to where you could tell me hey dude you look you don't realize what you just 
the way what you just said is heard in my community because great. odds are I don't. I yeah. think I think we have to start building relationships intentionally in order to sort of bring this whole thing down. Your thoughts? Absolutely. I think what you're saying, it boils down to proximity. And perspective only changes through closer proximity. And if we think about the word stereotyping, so before we get to prejudice, before we get to racist, we, we have to start at comfort. And what happens is, is our comfort can become our standard. Our standard can become our preference. And our preference turns into, I have no proximity with anybody who's not like me. <laughs> right. So now my mind has decided to stop learning because it, it's, it's only based off of the information uh, depending on which news channel you watch, right? Or it only, it's only based off of the information from the past. But when we change proximity, what we're saying is my mind is gonna, is open to learning. My heart is open to new experiences to redefine what was being, what was defined uh, in a previous season. And so when I do that, what I'm saying is, is I'm willing to learn. I love to say that stereotyping is literally when your mind decides to stop learning uh, and it it, 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 it it turns into judgment, right? And so when we say, you know, Randy and Jimmy are gonna have proximity, now through relationship, we can ask tough questions. Right. We can take on a mindset of being unoffendable and we can begin to download I, you don't just need to learn from me. I need to learn from you. Tell me about your experience in the past with African-Americans, with, you know, if we're a different denomination, if we're, tell me about your experience so that I can help you redefine those experiences so you get to know me, right. Jimmy Rollins, not a representation of me because our skin color was the same. Yeah, and I, I, honestly, I mean, I, I went to Old Roberts University in the late 80s and very diverse and I, that was the experience is, is you got to know guys from all over the world all sorts of cultures not and i've always been very interested and intrigued and in wanting to learn wow. about other people's cultures it fascinates me and I, I don't know i'm sure i've done things that some you talk probably talking look my wake probably has a few bodies floating here and there you know where they were like that all, all of ours do yeah but I, I don't know. I, here's here's where I, I see a lot of the problem, I think, for the average person. Um, we're terrified of doing or saying the wrong mm -hmm. thing because not everybody comes with the attitude that you come with, the attitude we should see in the church, and I think you see in a lot of churches, if not most churches, it's like the world is waiting to ambush you if yeah. you do or say the wrong thing and their goal is not redemption or education or reconciliation it's destruction and yeah. that just paralyzes people i think I, it does. I know what do we do with that <laughs> that would be the question well, well i do think we do? i think one of the things that we have to uh adopt is the heart uh that you we don't have to have shared experiences to share empathy and i think that a lot of my uh, I have a lot of my white friends, uh, you know, Sean Johnson from Red Rock Church or Todd Mullins here from uh, Christ Fellowship. Our conversations, uh, we don't we've decided that we don't have to share experiences to share 
empathy sure. to come into one another's world and try to view it from a different perspective. Also, one of the ground rules that I talk about in the book is that when I share my experience, Randy, it is not an indictment on you because the color of your skin is white. And so if I say I've had a bad experience with someone white, you should not feel bad other than empathizing with the sorrow or hurt that is in my heart because my goal is not to condemn you. My goal is to help commission you right. to fulfill the gospel. And and I believe you, and, and you're right, 100% correct. I, it's, it's tough when the world, though, it is an indictment sometimes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Some and that's that cancel. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're, you're going to say it. They just they want to crucify you, cancel you. I think that we have to be willing to take the risk. Absolutely. I think we, we, we have to realize that love is, as it, is at its best. Love is at its best when people are at their worst. Mm. And I think we have a version of God's love in the church. You know, we would rather everyone know what we're against rather than what we're for. <laughs> you know, we would sacrifice making a difference for the sake of making a point. Mm. And I believe that in the body of Christ, that some of the fear that you're talking about is just natural. You know what? Yeah. It's okay yeah. that that your previous experience has been, you know, you've been canceled. You're not sure if you're going to say the right thing. Uh, you're, you're not sure if if uh, if I'm going to accept you or if I'm going to be angry with you. These are all responses that if we changed it from race to marriage are the same yes. responses. <laughs> And right, and oftentimes, again, the denomination, at least the way I've grown up, you know, man, some of these denominations, I I, I do a, a video, you know, an interview like this, and sometimes people are like, "No, you don't think that way or the way I do. You're clearly not a Christian. You're not going to be." Right. It's like they go there, and it's like that. That's from a spiritual standpoint, the worst place you can go. And I guess you know, I mean. People were mean to Jesus, it, and not that I'm Jesus, not that you're Jesus, but if we're going to be followers of Christ, the world is going to hate you, and even yeah. some religious people are going to hate you, and so I guess we just got to get over that and push through it. I, I, I want to go back to something you said, though. Um, you talked about sharing pain. Um, yeah. I think that understanding, hearing, even if you don't understand, but then further understanding, if you can get there, leads to an empathy that absolutely it's changed my perspective um yeah because we we don't see none of us see clearly literally i can't see anything well i got a camera so i'm cheating but i you know I, there's a <laughs> lot i can't see no matter yeah. how good my vision is and i think that's where we all live and so i can i can try to understand i can have black friends and all this kind of stuff yeah. but yeah there's a closeness in sharing in someone's pain, empathizing with them, them that I think is a healthy perspective shift. Is, is that, am I on the right track? Is that important? Thing? Abs absolutely. I, I believe what you're saying can be boiled down to uh, two thoughts. So let's just say we're going to talk about having a difficult conversation with someone who's black and someone who's white. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, the African-American has only hung around, you know, been in African-American church. The the uh, uh, the white guys only been in contemporary Christian church and they're going to have a conversation about race. 
<laughs> right? Well, there needs to be some ground rules established. <laughs> uh, one of the ground rules that needs to be established is, you know, you're not going to be judged for past convictions or thoughts uh, uh, in this conversation, right? Uh, the, the next ground rule uh, that we're going to from if I was to talk about it from an African-American perspective is there's no thing, there's no such thing as justified unforgiveness. And so uh, we all have the, we have to be able to forgive, right? Uh, On the white side, we're going to be able to talk about history and it's not gonna indict your character as we're having this conversation. Now, as, as we establish ground rules, we can begin to unpack these things. You know, for me, uh, I've had a lot of surgeries and I've never gone to the doctor once. Every single time I go to the doctor, they have to fill out the form. And that form says, tell me where it hurts, right? And I have to put an X yeah. on the back part or X. And first of all, my body needs to be bigger on that form because I don't, I run out of places to put X's. Mm. <laughs> but I've never gone into the doctor's office and the doctor negotiate away my level of pain. Like I've never once the doctor says, are you sure it hurts that I bad? I hear you. I hear you. Oh, that, that, that surgery happened a long time ago. Nor uh, do, does the, if I'm the patient, uh, am I in that moment thinking that the doctor's going to hurt, you know, what has been hurt from the past, right? No, he's actually going to make it better. So let's put uh, uh, the, the black guy in the seat of the patient and the white guy in the seat of the doctor. I believe in that conversation that if we're going to uh, have a new purpose, uh, that we're going to have to be okay with pinpointing some history. And as we pinpoint history, I think the empathy is the oil. The empathy is the aloe, right? The empathy is the thing. And then we can say, man, I'm so sorry that that was your experience. What can I do to help this get better? Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. And so once we have those ground rules, Randy, I think that we can start and uh, to have conversations. And what you said earlier, it's all proximity. I'm fairly confident that we cannot rely on the world the secular world to do this right uh because i don't think their ground rules are the same as your ground rules absolutely uh, i i believe that the church is going to have to lead in this are we leading i don't think we're corporately leading yeah. i think the big c church uh, whether it's an all African-American, all Hispanic, all Asian, all white church. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said it years ago, we have to face the sad fact that uh, Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Do you think it still and is? I, Do you think, I mean, it was I, definitely then. Do you think it still I, I, is? I think, I, I think it, we've gotten better. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that the church is still in a position where denominationalism and who's right and who's wrong still keeps us separate. I do not think that division is necessarily just a race issue, right? Division started in the garden. Adam and Eve was of the same race. Cain and Abel were of the same race. Esau and Jacob were of the same race and division drove them apart. And I think scripturally, we have to look at how can we 
go back and, and deal with the areas of division that have gotten passed down that now gets picked up uh, by the symptoms of racism. And so uh, I, I do think that we can get better. I think we need to get better as a church. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think just a lot of us pick where we live, uh, you <laughs> well, know, and so. so <laughs> okay, so the translation on that more accurately is, is near one, not neighbor in the way we think of housing and address. Right. It's near one. Who's near you? I guarantee. That's it. Guarantee it's not all people just like you that are near Absolutely. you on a daily basis. Absolutely. And so how do I notice, you know, um, I was talking to a white family after I preached a a message on, on this and the woman came up to me and she was so thankful, so thankful. And she brought her little daughter up. She goes, every time I'm around, uh, people that are different than us, I just point out the beauty of their skin color and the beauty of their hair to my daughter. And I just say, aren't, aren't they wonderful? Uh, Like, let's go introduce ourselves. Isn't her hair beautiful? Isn't his hair like, and what she, what she has done is stop allowing, uh, you know, what culture says, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to to define relationships. And what I love about that is we're going to change it in the next generation. If we get over ourselves in this generation. Hmm. That's good. Here's a, here's an odd, but very practical and very real question. I'm just, I'm going to risk it. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Let's go. So we moved uh, a year and a half ago and it's a one mile road loop with cul-de-sacs. There's about 70 homes. Um, I've, I mean, I don't know how it surveyed everybody, um, but you see people walking around the neighborhood, you know, in the evening and stuff. We're walkers. We do that too. I've seen one black couple. Mm-hmm. They may be the only out of the seventy, the only black couple in our in our neighborhood. I wave like I wave at everybody because I try to be a good neighbor. It, it doesn't matter, you know. But on the inside, I'm going, okay, should I be extra nice to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> or should I treat them like I would everybody else? Hey, you know. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna back off of somebody just because I don't. I mean, I'm gonna be not, but. Sometimes that that awkwardness comes in where you're like, oh, should I run down my driveway and greet them because they're black and they're the only black people in the in the neighborhood, and I want to feel extra welcome. What is it? Is that just is that just me, or is that kind of human nature, or is that? I think it's human nature, but I think it's also just a uh, an insecurity that we have to get over that it is uncomfortable. Yeah. And we and when we accept that it is uncomfortable because of culture, yeah. because that couple could be stereotyping you saying, you know what, all white people are racist. And so we're going to move in this neighborhood, but we're not going to speak to anyone. You have we have all yeah, of these no things that we're making up. And what if you went down the driveway and said, hey, my name is uh, Randy. And uh, this could normally be uncomfortable. Right. Because I'm white. And you're black, but, but let's, but, but let's change it. Let's change it. Okay. And I think, and I know that's not everybody's personality, but the personality also with the mindset could be, you know, if you are a pastor of a church and there was a first time guest, you don't have welcome cards every week for everyone who shows up. You do something extra for the people who are new. Sure. And so just the mindset of let's change the thought that I'm going down to talk to people, right. welcoming people, yeah. not black people. Right. And it, what it happens is it, it, it will ease the anxiety that you have 
on the inside when we start to see people like God sees people. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's, that's the way I would approach. Of course, I'm the new guy in the neighborhood. Well, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, any, anyone that I do greet, I'm like, Hey, yeah, we're new here. You know, and it, and it, it doesn't matter. Um, but don't beat yourself up. That's what I think a lot of, a, a lot of us do is we, we, because we, it's difficult or because it's hard or man, I feel bad that I even think this way. <laughs> and we beat ourselves up to the point where the conversation never happens. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I think we need to give ourselves some grace in that it says, yes, this is hard, but you know what? I'm going to take that step and, and, uh, and have that conversation and see if I can change the game just on these, this one couple. Yeah. And, and, you know, the sad thing is we, we shouldn't have to think that way, but the reality is we do. I got to look, I'm in Texas. If they were Hispanic, I'd, wouldn't think twice about, you know, Hey, how you yeah. doing? I'm the new guy, you know, and I would yeah. do the same thing. My outside actions would be different. It would be the same rather whether I don't care. And by the way, not all white is the same white. You, you do, I, you know, I agree. The worst thing I found out the worst thing you can do when you go to where my ancestors are from to Ireland is call them English. Oh yes. You don't start <laughs> a fight faster than anything. But so we got these, got to get rid of these monolithic ideas because not all dude, have you been to Africa? Not all, you ever been not to Africa? all dark skin. Yes, I've been. And I, I have a story uh, with my executive uh, pastor who was my teaching pastor. He was, he's Nigerian. And he literally called me in 10 years ago, one of the most racist guys he's had ever seen, <laughs> just because our interaction between each other and our skin color was the same. Wow. Well, and even, but see, you, then you know, if you, West Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, real. North Africa, not the same. I mean, we, we got to no. get beyond these, like you say, stereotypes, these monolithic ideas and and the insecurities that we all have. I have them. Um, and just take the risk and just look, go with the love of Christ, go with grace and let God do the rest, man. I don't know. Absolutely. Let, I think that's the best approach. But again, tell me if I'm if I'm wrong, you know, if I got a blind spot. No, I think it's, I don't think you're wrong. I think that is a great, uh, component to healing. Uh, I think uh, another component that we uh, could really get to is just forgiveness. You know, a lot of my friends says, well, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, saying nothing is not an option. Yeah. Right. And so I had a friend say to me, man, I'm so sorry. That was your experience. I'm so sorry that as your friend, I want you to know, and this is a white friend, I would have been there to fight for you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Now help me. How can I equip our community to fight for someone who doesn't look like them? Yeah. You know, to, to love beyond, you know, what is normal or cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that next step is, is, and it's okay. When you, when we say, I'm sorry, we don't have to take it on as if, that was our intention, like you said. Oh yeah. There's a big difference between ignorance and intention. Yeah, and 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 also, if if my wife says, "Hey, I, I went to the the store today, and this person was rude to me," I would look at her and go, "I'm so sorry. I'm not saying yep. that I did it. Yes, I'm saying that I'm sorry you went through that. Yes. And yet sometimes I I, I mean, white. I just I hate even the term white people, but that you understand what I'm saying. Um, I get what you're saying. We we can be like, well, I mean, I'm, 
I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't own any slaves. You know, Lord knows the Irish didn't. They were too poor. But yeah. you know, it's like I, I didn't trade. And so we don't want to say I'm. I'm sorry that that bad thing happened right. to your ancestors and that some things have been passed down or Jim Crow or even just today. Yeah. It's just junk. We got to get. Isn't it? Isn't it mind blowing that a relationship with Jesus requires repentance and acknowledgement yeah. and that the path up to that point, there's an apology that I didn't do this earlier. Like if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, mm -hmm. confession is a huge part of salvation, but yet we don't like to confess anything when it comes to relationships with our spouse or relationships with our children or relationships that are different races. Yeah. Man, if we just adopted what we do with Christ, God, I'm sorry I, I fell short. I'm sorry I didn't say anything. I'm sorry I said the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. We all are sinners saved by grace. I wonder how much grace could come in if we just repented. Yeah, and, and, and I'll even love, yeah, go ahead. No, please finish. I even love the thought of, you know, sometimes I say I'm sorry on behalf of. Right. Oh, man, I'm I'm sorry. You know, when I'm praying for a, 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 a divorced woman at the at the altar, you know, at a church, I'm so sorry on behalf of men that that was your experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to come into her world and let her see that there are good men out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yet good. in this area, we don't even, well, it wasn't me. Well, what if we just adopted the thought that I'm sorry on behalf of our culture who got it wrong mm -hmm. for a long time mm -hmm. in another season and some still get it wrong today. How can I be a part of healing that? Yeah. And That's Jesus. Know, it, the, uh, the obstacle to that, it, it just comes down to pride. Yeah. And that's the, uh, that's not a good starting point from a spirit. Well, let me take some of the some of the pressure off of you also. It also is the other person's work to do. It's a work to do to accept that. It's a work for me to do if we were having this conversation that you're not the white person who profiled me. You're not the white person who stereotyped me. It's work on both sides yeah, and what i'm trying to do is write this book to erase that we don't have sides when we're christians we are family that's it i think i think that's the secret sauce in this whole thing if if, if we're if we're gonna and it, I, again the church has got to lead and it starts one person at a time um, absolutely and i just we got to it's it's I, I was gonna say we got to start with an attitude of of humility and learning but it's beyond even that because my best humility isn't humble enough yeah i i it, I, it has to come from god i think absolutely it's our only hope in my own power i'm gonna fall short over and over, and over. i'm gonna ask dumb questions and make mistakes and make assumptions and not say the right you know things and say maybe say the wrong things even though my intentions are good, uh, 
mostly i think they are mm. i just think we got to have a, god's got to do a deep work if if we're going to get to a place of of health yeah well i i appreciate you being willing to bring me on and, and invite me to in this space because you didn't have to do that and that's a huge step that we would begin to create space for healthy dialogue and healthy conversation and new information and uh, hearts that are right. And I'm praying for our church leaders. I'm praying, you know, for the issues that are in our cities and in our communities, because mm -hmm. diversity is never going to show up in our lives until it shows up in our hearts. And I, I don't, you know, everyone is talking about, you know, we need to vote like this and we need to do this. Well, before we vote on changing policies and laws, let's vote and get our knees on changing our hearts. <laughs> I know, right? That's, right. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, we can have black hands that are writing on white paper and white hands that are writing on black ink. But what's the use of having policy with no heart change? We can shake hands, but we haven't invited space in each other's heart. And, you know, through this conversation, Randy has space in my heart. And I pray that through this conversation, Jimmy has space in Randy's heart. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I think if maybe we learn to love God with all our, our hearts and love our near one as ourself, we'd be on the right path. Somebody wants Absolutely. to <laughs> It's good right? advice. Absolutely. Jimmy, Thank you so much. Uh, bef real quick, before I let uh, you go, I want people to be aware of uh, more what you're doing. This is Jimmy's website. It is IamJimmyRollins.com. So you'll know you're That's on it. the right website if it says IamJimmyRollins.com. <laughs> and, of course, the book is there uh, and information about his ministry. Is there anything else you want to mention before I let you go? I appreciate you being here, brother. Well, I would love for you all to follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I am Jimmy Rollins uh, on Instagram and uh, Pastor Jimmy Rollins on Facebook. And, and let's just continue to engage in the conversations. Uh, let's continue. Uh, I don't want to, you to just follow me. I want you to follow Christ and the Christ that's in me. Uh, and I'm praying that no matter where you are on this journey, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're Asian, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, uh, that you would just continue to engage and ask your heart, ask your God to break your heart for the things that breaks his heart. Yep. And let's be that kingdom, that spiritual kingdom of every tribe and every nation. And that's great. That's, that's where we got to go. And I think, I think God's intention is that we bring that to earth. It's you and me that's got to do the work, you know? Absolutely. So, Cool man, uh, I, I love your, I love your attitude, your insight, uh, and your eloquence. Um, this is very, very good conversation, uh, and and Thank I think you. you're anointed to have it. You can have a conversation with me anytime. There's anything else I can do. You you let me know because um, I, I I like where you're coming from. I think you got God's heart, and I want people to hear it. So thank you. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate you guys watching. Um, good one hit share if you haven't liked followed subscribe do that check out imjimmyrollins.com pick up love outside the lines and we can do this people we can do it with god's help see you again next time here on life today live